You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car; they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. No badge. Badge is doing this. Well, somebody told me you had a girlfriend who looked like a boyfriend. I had a boyfriend who looked like a girlfriend. (laughs) I don't know. Do you know anyone else who leads a very important job to go go to a concert? Where's his commitment? Good song. How do people get the night off to go to a concert? Oh, well, I gave him I'm the just asking off. for a friend. <laughs> I'm, I don't know. You have my best bit about badge today. And hello, everybody. Hello, Scott Sattler. We pull into work today. We have two parking spots. Yep. Badge has parked his car there overnight because mm. he's going to a concert. Yep. So where are we going to park? Mm. <laughs> Any comments? No, because I usually don't use one. So both you and Badge usually hog them. and That's true. Like the important people. Push, push to the extremities. Well, as the executive producer... I should actually have a parking spot. Panel ops don't get no, they don't. Spots. No, they don't. But executive producers do. Mm. Uh, test squad to face the West Indies uh, tomorrow has been announced. Marcus Harris has been dropped, and also our fourth Indigenous player to ever Scott Boland play the game has been dropped mm. as well. So, oh, and that's it's fair when you look at the the bowling lineup. Hmm. As well. So, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Uh, part one of Gary Belcher's wonderful chat with his old roommate on Kangaroo Tours, Gary Jack. You'll hear that today as well. Pretty good chat. Jeez, off the air they were arguing about who was tighter with money. See, Badge doesn't call himself tight. He calls himself careful and responsible. Correct me if I'm right, that's someone who's tight. Mm. Are, you, um, are you okay with Jack, the producer, today? Oh, I'm not really. I love Jack. I could actually, I could adopt Jack as a son or I'd like my daughter to go out with him. What? But in saying that. What? Have you spoken to Olivia about that? Well, he's a lovely kid. But Olivia won't go for Jack. But if Olivia walked in the door and said, I'm I'm dating Jack and here he is, I'd be happy. I'd be over the moon. But I've got to say. I'd crack myself up laughing. He claims to be, like you, the fourth best cricket journalist in the world or in the country. No. He claims to be the seventh best football expert in the world. Yes, he does. He picked South Korea to beat Kenya last night. What? Mm. Ghana, even, and Ghana beat them. And, and in the meantime, yeah. if you're going to have a crack at someone, get your facts right. He's going, oh, mate, you're the world's best commentator. Out. He stayed in. <laughs> so I feel like I'm in the middle here. So calm down, boys. Hey, Gemma Daly, whose dog Hara Herbie We'll be running at the Flame on Thursday night. Now, why are we talking to her? Well, A, she's a good trainer, but B... The biggest event. Yeah, we're going to be there Thursday night live, trackside at Albion Park. It's a good night out. It's a dream come true. Do you know what I love about the dogs, the greyhounds, is that there's not a long wait between races. Between races. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like it. And I always back the red dog too, by the way. Mm. Do you like the red dog? Yeah, it can always get caught up, but on the first turn... 
Oh, you don't need to be negative. Mm. I do like the. But if they're fast starters, this is my. Here's my. This is why I'm retired and living on a yacht. Large. I do yacht like somewhere. the eight. The pink. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Well, you like pink, don't you? Mm. Um, is that if you've got a fast starter and it's in the one gate, I always back the red. Yep. Hence why I'm retired. Yeah. And living on a massive yacht. <laughs> The Caribbean. Uh, this is Sports State. Thanks to Kia, the eight-seat Kia Carnival Grand Utility Vehicle. Oh, before we go to the break, don't forget to, if you want to win that Ziggy, Jack, is this drawn on the 1st of December for summer or is this the never-ending barbecue competition? Oh, it should be. It's from Jack. Uh, go to iCanWin.com.au for your chance to win that Ziggler and Brown barbecue this summer. This is Sports State. Back in a mo. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. No badge tonight. You've got Jace and Sats here. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. Uh, a bit of a footy update here. Uh, Seagulls uh, Chief Executive Tony Mestrov, who's only been in the role for a few months, Sats. Says... Hasn't he uh, created a bit of a stir in his first his first chapter as well, CEO? And it's, it's probably the shake-up that... The club needed as well. Yeah, true. And he, he says, any call involving a possible pride round next year and beyond will be made by the NRL. Of course, last year, the biggest issue the Manly players had was there was a lack of transparency yeah, there was, yeah. between the club and the players were upset that they weren't consulted on the pride would, jersey. Would but, that have changed? Well, no, but I want to just, I want to clarify something. Well, I want to make something clear. That pride jersey mm-hmm. wasn't for pride round. That pride jersey was being worn in the women in league round. Yes. Which was totally out of place. And this is why the NRL and Manly have come to the decision that the NRL will come up with the end decision around something as important as this. Whether it is a pride round where every club... We do have one, don't we? ...will be asked to wear uh, a unique jersey in support or alleviate these concerns where Manly think they're doing something um, mm. you know, really positive... But really, haven't checked the calendar and realised that it's, it's women in league round as well. Completely hijacked it, didn't it? It, it was, and it was. It's a shame because we've got so many great women in the game who have been volunteers for decades at, at certain clubs, and so yeah, the NRL are going to take over. Uh, of course, the Rugby League Players Association will be involved. I've got to say, but I mean, I don't, I don't care what what colour jersey you wear. It's about the emblem that you wear on your chest. That's what you represent. That's mm. what you want to bleed for. Um, everything else is a little bit of white noise. You know, it's, it's, it's great. It's a great opportunity to, to spread awareness, whatever it may be. But I'm first and foremost, I want to be there and play for the emblem that's on my jersey. Now, if they, the players were, were acknowledged leading into that game and getting their opinion, um, would have it changed? No. Would your there, beliefs are your beliefs. Would have right? there still yeah. been six or eight players that say, you know what, I don't want to play in that jersey. And So what would have been the outcome from that? Well, would, have, would have they wiped it all together? No, it would have given the players and the club a chance to find a compromise, some middle ground somewhere. Yep, and that that would have been the the, the great outcome. Mm. But it was it was thrown upon them, and they had no other no other no other I guess decision that could be made because it was against their beliefs. So um, it'd be interesting. Do we have a pride round? I'm. I know the AFL do, but no, we they... don't. Rugby right. league don't have an official pride round, right? Well, perhaps we should. Perhaps we should, and then the players. But why? We have it. We have all these rounds in rugby league, but what are we really doing? Are we just giving a round to? No, we're not. We're whatever cause, it... and then we're... are we following up? Are we well... following up with education, funding? Uh, we well, hope so. 
That's that's my question. That's my question. You know, it's yeah. I, I'm I don't like that we do these fly by night support rounds if we're not doing anything else to back it up. Right. You know, is if we're just doing it to tick a box, don't do it. You're humiliating whatever cause that you're apparently following. So if if, if we're doing it for a reason and following up after it, go for your life. But Play there, on. There is a large sector of the community. Sats that is L- LGBTQI Absolutely. that follow rugby league, why shouldn't that be supported? No, I'm saying if it's going to be supported, there's got to be some follow-up. There's got to be support. We can't well, what do you want to see? What sort of follow-up? Um, I don't know. I, I'm not in that space. I'm not, there's people that are employed at the NRL to follow up and support and educate and continue to build awareness and not just have a round. Hmm. So we've got rounds for everything, and we bring out a new jersey, and we ask our yeah. we ask our supporters to go and spend one hundred and fifty, one hundred and sixty dollars on a new jersey. Well, why wouldn't you first of all start with the AFL? What do they do? What do they do with their pride round? Mm. That's where I'd be looking. Although Peter Volandi's a bit, a bit too proud to do that. Uh, pun the pun. No, he would. <laughs> no, he would. Uh, I like that. I like where he went. Yeah, I didn't it. even mean that. But so. um, he would look into it. He'd just look at how they could do it better. Yeah. Yeah. Knights Director of Football Peter Parr has challenged Callum Ponga to stand up and own the team and wants to turn the Newcastle club into an NRL powerhouse. I think we again. all want that. What does oh. he have to do to convince fans? Well, is he gonna Callum play in Ponga? the six is he gonna play in the six or one? No, Jackson Hastings will probably play in the six. Oh, of course, yes. And Ponga will still play in the one. And he's gone past the point of saying he's got this amazing potential. Uh he's now an a, an experienced player, a senior player. I've got to say, I, I think Caelan Pong hasn't been that bad for Newcastle. Uh, hasn't had a lot of support around him in the back line. Um, mm. I think Jackson Hastings will take a, 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 lot of, a lot of pressure off him. What does he have to do to convince fans? Well, he's a game-breaker. I think, he's got to, I think he's got to broaden his game a little bit more, uh, which he's starting to do. He, he's, like with what? Well, he, his go-to play is just sitting on the left-hand side. He's got to be able to cover a large portion of the field. And look at some of the great fullbacks like your Lockyers and Slaters. They would just they would turn up at the most unexpected moments. And that's what makes a great fullback. An it's instinctive funny you call fullback. Lockyer one of the great fullbacks. Oh, well, he's won a golden boot for a 5'8 than a fullback. Yeah, there you go. I mean, I've, I found Lockyer harder to defend at fullback than he was at 5'8. He was still go. hard at 5'8. But, yeah, he was just unexpected. And I suppose Kalen has got to find that unpredictability in his game. And that means spreading all parts of the field, playing all roles. And if he does that, along with Jackson Hastings, um, you know, to make the finals, I think he answers some of the critics. They won't make the finals, Newcastle. They won't make well, I, I find To convince fans, that, Newcastle have to make the finals. Oh, and I find it interesting that Peter Parr's asking him to do that. Where's the coach? Like, why isn't the coach? Well, the coach probably would be behind closed doors. He just doesn't want to say it publicly. The general manager of rugby league can. Yeah. He can see his chin out a little bit. For expert car service, book into your local Repco Authorised Service Centre. This is Sports Day, the eight-seat Kia Carnival, Grand Utility Vehicle, part one of that great chat between Gary Belcher and Gary Jack on the way next. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a Grand Utility Vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Done. Strong game. Back inside the Dowling. Good run. 
Looks for support, gets it to Sterling. Sterling swivels and gets it to Jack. Jack will go in for a try. It's a rocker. It's a beauty. It's a gasser. <laughs> it's a gasser. It's a gasser. I don't know how the hell he scored that. It should have been if someone else playing fullback. All right, there, hold, no. don't start. I've Outstanding. Been, <laughs> I, I've been listening to you two have a discussion off the air whilst waiting to do this interview. You're already into each other. In fact... You're both fighting over who's tighter, you know. Like, <laughs> and I, I, I don't know Gary Jack for uh, at all, but Badge. I know sometimes you can be a bit tight. He is an amazing rugby league player, this bloke. And I said to you in Sats a couple of weeks ago, Badge, if you could interview anyone before the end of the year, you throw up this bloke's name straight, straight away. Straight up, yep. Haven't never done a, a, a proper one-on-one with Jimmy Jack, and uh, he's my uh, my second favourite kangaroo to- to- roommate ever. And he's on the line now. How are you, big fella? Uh, g'day, Badge. How are you? And what, what's your offsider's name, Gaz? I forgot his name again. Boogie. <laughs> Boogie. G'day, g'day, Boogie. It's, it's, it's Boogie. Great to, uh, <laughs> talk. Uh, it's good to talk to you, mate. And I know we've never done a one-on-one interview, so who knows where this conversation will go, Gaz? Who yeah. knows? Um, no. I've got my I, finger on the button, what boys. What I do know, you when, know I, when I go to sportsman's lunches or just out and about with mates and – your name comes up. They always go, tell us about Jimmy Jack, that great rivalry you had with him. And, uh, and, and right in the middle of it, we got to, uh, to actually tour together. And back in the day in 86, when uh, fullbacks roomed with fullbacks, it was, uh, it was a good tour, wasn't it, back then? Mm. Mm, yeah, it was, it was a great tour. Um, 86, they had Donnie Ferner and was the, the coach and Wally was the captain. Yes, they put us two together for 10 weeks. <laughs> now, you were a young up-and-comer. I think they said, just we'll put you with Jimmy just to say so you can learn as much as you oh, can learn to improve no. your own play. I think I'm sure that's what Donnie Ferner was thinking. So anyway, we, we put together, we were together for a long time. We probably didn't speak too much the first two or three weeks. Well, you were always going to bed at seven o'clock. It was just ridiculous, <laughs> you know. You, just, you, you were obviously the newest guy in the team, and. Um, uh, slowly, we become very good mates, and at the, by the end of the tour, guys, I think we were we were really good mates. Um, obviously, you went back to, to Canberra, and I went to Balmain. We never sort of got a hold of each other much after that. But by the end of the, t- the time, we really enjoyed each other's company. Yeah, yeah, and, and you just got to make you got to make do, haven't you? It was uh, it's a it is tough when you got a room with someone for a long time. But I just want to go before that. Um, uh, lots of stuff happened in your career before that. I, I sort of just came on the scene with Queensland that year and out out of Brisbane, but. Before that, you came into the Blues. You know, you, you were playing for your first season with the Magpies. Then you went to Balmain and had that magnificent uh, and and uh, storied career with the Balmain Tigers. But you made the Blues in '84. Did you feel like you sort of came out of nowhere? And and of course, you played for Australia that year as well. Yeah, uh, actually, I, I trained really hard '83, '84 because I think Greg Brentnell had retired. He was the Australian fullback end of '83, so there was a position there. I think Colin Scott may have done one test '83, uh, which they had lost. So I really wanted to push hard and see if I could get into that side uh, in '84. At the start of the season, we played a trial. We played against uh, North Sydney, and I broke my ribs. Donnie McKinnon and Steve Mayo fell on top of me about 38 stone, fell on top of me, and they and they cracked my ribs. So I missed right. the first six weeks of the season. So I started off in reserve grade that year um, for the first two games. Uh, and then once I got into the first grade, I was lucky that, that I, I got a play, I'd played well. Uh, Phil Sigsworth was trying to get in the spot as well. And so too, I think Jimmy Swift was another one, another guy there. Marty Gurr was there as well. And um, I was fortunate that, that I got the opportunity to play City, 
and then from Sydney I got picked to play for for New South Wales and um yes yeah, so, so started from there so that was that was the start of my rep career yeah no doubt at all and um it, you, what what a Balmain team to break into I from memory you came in just about the same time as Gary Bridge the two young blondies he was your halfback and uh, he was a, he was a good same player. Time. Yeah, same time. There you go. And and then those, yeah, that yeah, crew yeah. of players coming in around the same time, just around you, maybe a bit before, a bit after. Benny Elias and Blocker and and Ciro and and Junior and gee, what a what a team you had. Yeah, well, just on that, guys. In eighty eighty two, when I went to, went to Balmain from West, Gary Bridge's first year, Steve, Benny Elias's first year, Steve Roach's first year. So we all started together there in eighty two. I think eighty one. The Tigers had come last in the competition, the yeah. Wooden Spooners. Um, so, so for that, uh, we all joined there in, in '82 and, and kicked on. I remember we, we played a Panasonic Cup game. It might have been KB Cup there against the, but the Brisbane, the Brisbane side midweek. We played against the King, and uh, Gary Bridge. I think he scored three tries against the King that night, and everyone's going, "Who's this? Who's this Gary Bridge? Who's this Gary Bridge? He's a fantastic player." Um, and uh, that was the sort of start of our career. And he, he was a great player, Gary Bridge. In fact, I'm mm. sure that um, I sort of went on the back because they got us confused and everything. He did well. They'd be calling Gary Jack when it should have been Gary Bridge. <laughs> yeah. Somehow, I sort of got through on the back of him. And so I can't thank Gaz enough. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. All right. And then, and of course, Balmain, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit more about those grand yeah. finals a bit later on. But a couple of years later, you fought, now, on this back of some amazing success with New South Wales, you won that. 85 series, uh, you won 80 in 86, yeah. you won 3 0. Um, and on yeah. and then you Is went away. You and, played bad? Did you play then? Well, I came in in 86, yeah, so only in game yeah. two, so well, I'm not taking any responsibility. Yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah, we got you later on. Yeah, what was the score in 88 and 89? That'd be 6 0. Can't remember. You're, no, I, you, can't I think you let remember. Jonathan Docking have a game at one point, didn't you, mate? But, um, no. No, well, I got suspended. So there oh, you, go, you got mate. suspended. There you go. That, let, let's talk about the Kangaroo Tour because uh, what a hell of a team that was. Was it I, on the back of '82 where they they were invincible? They were called the Invincibles. There was a bit of pressure on the side. Mm. I, I didn't feel any, and I was actually in the midweek side. And I was, as I tell everyone, I had a, I had a really social tour. Whereas, did you guys feel a bit of pressure on to to make sure you won every game and won every test? Um, not. Really, we knew that what happened in obviously '82, and we obviously was you know there was Mal there, and Wally was there, Bert was there, Sterlow. So those guys had come through. Gene was there from from '82. So we just took it and seriously took it week by week. I suppose really, the only time I really felt the pressure was the third test when we played at Central Park and we played the Poms there, and that was a really tight match. You know, we just there was a penalty try there that we got, which. Um, Dale Shearer was awarded a try. Um, it was a, that one, I think we, it was come back to 16 or 15, 14 or something, or 15, 12. It was a really close game. And then for that final 20 minutes, I knew the pressure was on because it could have gone either way. It really could have gone either way. Yeah. We were very fortunate. Um, Royce Simmons tucked up the blind and set up for, for Wally. And then, uh, then I think Wally scored the try, which put us ahead. Um, and even to the death, you know, I think, uh, what's his name, the, the winger there for, uh, for Great Britain, um, Drummond, I think his name was. Yeah. Uh, he, he nearly scored at the death, so it, it really could have gone either way. But but look, we did we did fight hard. Um, a great side, you know. So many Brett Kennedy, Peter Sterling, you know, Wally Lewis, Mal Meninga, 
Uh, yeah, Steve Roach, uh, Roycey, Roycey, just a great, great team. I think we all sort of gelled together um, as mates, and that's a good thing about tours. You, you do gel with guys, and I think we did put that that New South Wales Queensland rivalry. It was there certainly in '85 when we when we toured New Zealand. It was certainly there in '85 when four Queenslanders got dropped. Yeah, and a whole hell was to play for poor old Terry Fernley after that. Queenslanders never got over that, but I think he made the right decision. No, we're still that going to go there. Oh, right decision. You lost the next <laughs> test, you knuckleheads. Without the Queenslanders. Hey, on that eighty-six, that, on the relief yeah. of that winning that last game on tour and the test and wrapping up the series undefeated, is that is that why you let your hair down and went on a bit of a bender that night? Never asked you this. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that, that's what happened. Yeah, I think, I think we all did, didn't we? No, no, um, you in particular it was, did. It was, just a, it was just some relief we'd, that we we got through. What happened? There was well, there was there was this story that went around from '82 when Mel was a young bloke, and he at the at the end of the last test, um, and I'd only just we'd only just sort of heard about it at that time that. Mal went on a, a bit of a bender and he and he broke a few things that he shouldn't have and he was just went he just he had a few too many and he went a bit bit uh, apo. Mm. Well, Jimmy Jack decided to be Mal Meninga at the end oh. of the '86 test and he just yeah he was he got drunker than I've ever seen him. What'd you Probably do? Then. What did he do? What'd you well, do? Stuff I'm not going to tell you. Oh, right. Um, there was no actual. <laughs> there was nothing damaged, uh, but um, yeah, he just. Uh, <laughs> He went a bit crazy. <laughs> I just, I, I just crumbled into a, into a heap in my room. Oh, you were and was cooked the next comatose day. for about six for six hours. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, now conf- yeah. confirm or deny? I do tell a few stories um, at, where, that you feature in them, Jimmy, and I know your Belmain teammates do as well. And it's a bit, it's a bit to do with you being pretty, um, pretty, pretty tight with your money. Don't, <laughs> so don't you admit, do you admit that? I, I can't believe that. I can't believe you're throwing stones well, that seriously. Well, I mean, well, just, I remember, well, you can just, I mean, I, 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 I'll, I'll let you go first. You can confirm or deny these then. We were having mystery shouts at the bar <laughs> with Sterlo. Sterlo called them at the Dragonara one afternoon, one night, and it got to your shout yeah. and you disappeared. And then the lifts opened yeah. up and you appeared with the Forex cans that were in our fridge that we, they'd given us at the deny. start of the tour. Deny. Oh, deny. you deny. <laughs> Okay, it wasn't it wasn't the dragon art. It was over in France. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, didn't, you, didn't you tell another? And you, you couldn't you couldn't get a forex over there. They were all drinking this you know, low and brow, whatever. And I came down with a six pack, and the fellas just thought it was the best <laughs> drink they'd ever had <laughs> their entire tour. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May fifth. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, don't miss uh, the Queensland Flame December 1 to see who will represent Queensland at this year's The Phoenix uh, Sats. Mm-hmm. The Australian cricket team has been confirmed for the first test starting tomorrow. Yep. Quickly run through it, would you? Uh, David Warner, Usman Khawaja, Manus Labashagne, Manus Labashane, uh, Steve Smith, Travis Head. Travis Head test form hasn't been that great, has it? 
but he's always going to hold his spot. Mm. Cameron Green, Alex Carey's looking for his first century in Test cricket. Pat Cummins, Mitch Stark, Josh Hazelwood will be the the speed. Uh, Nathan Lyon, of course, and Cameron Green will be the all rounder. Marcus Harrison, Scotty Bolden, not included. Geez, that's a good team. It is, isn't it? Especially when you got someone like Bolden, who was a superstar in the last series, mm. uh, had an average of nine point four five, whatever it was. For him to miss out and to, for him to still be there as, as a little bit of depth means that Australian Test cricket, not so much T20, uh, looks pretty looks pretty good. Uh, Pat Cummins was on SEN today and after announcing the team for tomorrow, was asked about his response to Langer's uh, comments last week. There's no cowards in an Australian cricket team, not ever. Um, so, yeah, thank Justin for, I guess, clarifying his remarks afterwards. Um, I think he had to think about it and, and clarify it. So thank you for that. But yeah, we're you know we're really proud of the last 12 months. Um, you know how we've fronted up, way we've played, way we've conducted ourselves. So um, yeah, the players can certainly hold their heads high. What do you look at me like that for? We're very proud of the last 12 months, the way we've fronted up. That's mm-hmm. your job. Just go and play cricket. Yep. You did. You did. You know, didn't make the, uh, the finals of the T20 World Cup. But geez, I thought the 12 months prior to that under Justin Langer was even better. Yeah, it was absolutely. I mean, it's Australian the Australian cricket um, board, Cricket Australia, they're really, I believe, to blame for where this has got to. I mean, they could have made a decision and and given an exit strategy for for Justin Langer. You're the right man at the right time. We get through the Ashes. We get through the the T20, and and we'll watch you right off into the sunset. But mm. uh, that wasn't to happen, and this is why we're in the situation we are. It wasn't handled correctly. Yeah. And uh, and unfortunately, at the moment, we what are we talking a, well, about? There's a majority of us that don't like the Australian captain, and that's sad. Mm. Because that's, we, I've never known that to happen. before. Exactly, we should love the Australian captain. And what do we talk about every day this week in the office? Is why is Australia taking a knee tomorrow before the first test? Now we know it's in support of the West Indian cricket team. Understand that. Don't have an issue with it. But why? It's about equality. Right. But again, and as I said earlier on. Well, let's talk about equality in Australia then. Why has there only been four Indigenous test cricketers to play the game? What, 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 doesn't, doesn't equality start at home? What's, coming, well? what's coming after it? What is coming after true, this? True, true. Is it about education, awareness? Is it about pathways? Whatever it may be. But you know, if we're going to uh, take a knee for the West Indian players, great. Yeah. It doesn't offend me or you or anyone here, but just tell us why and tell us what you're doing after that. After it. The follow-up is the most important yeah. part. Just don't tick a box. Yep. He also got asked about the criticism uh, about Australian cricket being too woke and should leave politics out of the game. Oh, I think in this position you're always going to upset people no matter whether you do something or you don't do something. So that's fine. I, I kind of know what I've signed up for, but I also think... Yeah, we're cricket players, but you can't leave your values at the door. People stand for different things. So something like the, you know, taking a knee this week, we're doing it out of respect for West Indies in support of equality. Anyone that says that's a bad thing, I'm not too bothered about. No, you're the first cricket captain to bring politics into the game of cricket. So I'm sorry, mate. There's, there's no place for it. And again, I'm not referring to the, taking the knee, okay? That's, that's a decision made by the team, right? and probably by Cricket Australia in association with the West Indian cricket team. But everything else that's happened before this, leave it out. And also don't be hi- 
hypocritical. You can't one minute say electricity's bad, but then have a mobile phone, play under lights, fly around business class, go to go to um, India next year, who are the second biggest polluters in the country in the world. Um, support solar, which is made by the largest polluters. If I play in China devil's the advocate here, yep, and I say to you. Um, Sport has always been a, a great conduit between in life. There's been a great conduit with between people and life and, and mm. issues. And I think a lot of people you wouldn't argue that it's been a great conduit. So to play devil's advocate, is sport one of the the great banners to form some sort of protest? Yeah. It has been over the years, no matter what it is. Yeah, yeah. But what? Not liking a linter energy. Come on. Well, this is the modern age. I mean, the Australian cricket captain. Please. The Australian cricket, cric- or any cricket. Well, then any don't sporting, play the sport. Well, any sporting captain in this day and age is probably, there's more asked of them of cricket captains in the past. What do you mean? Social media, far more media outlets. You've got to answer basically to everything. Where in the past, you're pretty well protected. Is this why they don't go and hang out with fans and do cricket clinics? Because they're on sure. social, because they're on social media. Well, we know how hard it's a load it is. of BS. We, we know how hard it is to get particular codes. Like, cricket can be difficult. Rugby league's very difficult, which is disappointing for a, a guy who's grown up in the sport. I, I wish every sport took a leaf out of the V8 drivers because they are so accessible. Aren't they? What? And they just yeah. They promote the sport beautifully. Sats, if it continues to go down this path, there'll be no one at stadiums. Mm. I'm telling you now that. These players, instead of worrying about electricity and all that sort of stuff, they need to win back fans. And that's just how it is. You're off the Australian cricket team. I'm off the Australian cricket team. All my mates are. You can buy tickets to the first test against South Africa on day one, which is a Saturday, for eight bucks Mm. at the Gabba. They're still not sold out. Not sold out. Unheard of. I would be worrying about that winning back the fan base and park your beliefs at the door and just start to win back the fans. I mean, I agree with him when you say you can't leave your values at the door. I mean, you, you've got to take your values everywhere. But there's different. There's a values There's values in your dressing in the dressing room yep. and as a playing group. Yep. And there's values which are individual values yep. based on everyday life. But that cricket team, don't forget this, Pat Cummins and co. That cricket team belongs to us. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to us. The Australian cricket team has always been Australia's national side. And it's always been You've got to play for yourself first. No, but at the end of the day, you are representing us. You're representing your country, not yourself. Mm. You're representing your country and those supporters. And at, at the moment, they're not. Not all the players. But whatever message Cricket Australia is sending down to the players, it's not resonating with fans. And it's a concern. It really is a concern. Wait till you see the crowds this summer. They'll be appalling. Mm. Well, they'll be down on what they normally are. World Cup overnight. Is it fair to say they're playing against a, an adversary that hasn't been strong either, West, West Indies? But we've got, we've got, we've got South Africa. Mm. And, geez, won't that be on for young and old with Davey Warner out in the middle? <laughs> Imagine when he comes out to bat. Three all, Cameroon and Serbia. Um, what happened to the Cameroon goalkeeper, Jack? Oh, so he had a falling out with the coach. He uh, was dropped for the game. He allegedly left. However, the coach has said he's still welcome to come back and play against Brazil. We haven't dropped him, but apparently there was a discussion 
an and, argument. And I hear the reserve keeper is like one of those big blow-up things you see at car yards on a Saturday. That's <laughs> how good limbs. it was. Big limbs. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, Brazil 1-0 over Switzerland. South Korea, oh, Jack's hot tip, lost 2-3 to Ghana. And Portugal, uh, 2-1 over Uruguay overnight as well. 2-0, I think. Or did I say 2-1? Yeah, 2-0. Nil. Yeah, yep. nil. And Portugal have now gone through to the And Ronaldo the blew up because, because he didn't get, I suppose he wasn't. He didn't it, get final call on the goal. Well, there's there's arguments. The team still goal. scored a goal, but yep. because he d- it didn't get uh, attributed right. to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's throwing his toys out of the cot. Stream every NFL game this season live on NFL Game Pass. Visit nflgamepass.com. Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Colts. Jeez, the Steelers got a good record now against the Colts. I think that's six in a row. And the Steelers have had a dog of the year, and the Colts were just coming good. So that's a big loss. Twenty four seventeen. This is Sports Day. The eight seat Kia Carnival Grand Utility Vehicle. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Yeah, welcome back to the show. Of course, the Queensland flame along with uh, Gary Belcher and Scott Sattler will ignite Albion Park on December 1. It's going to be a big one. Huge. At, at the Greyhounds on Thursday. I'm look, looking forward. This is a dream come true for me. What's I can, that? I can have a punt, mm-hmm. a steak, a beer and do a radio show. And get driven home by me. I am getting driven home by you. Yeah, but I've got to risk it on the train going up there. That'll be all right. It's in the morning. Is it? Mm. <laughs> it's safe. Yeah. So it's what, not safe at night? <laughs> anyway, let's move on from that. Uh, Gemma Daly, uh, she is a trainer of one of the dogs that have made it through to the flame. Hara's Herbie won the uh, Ipswich Cup to get a free pass through. Uh, Gemma's joining us now. Hello, Gemma. Hi, guys. How are you? Yeah, good. We are absolutely, genuinely pumped for Thursday night to be doing our show from Albion Park for the Flame. But let's just go back a step. You're now a trainer, a dog trainer, but you've made, and I don't know if it probably there might be, I don't know if there are, but you've made the step from transitioning from a jockey on horses. Not on greyhounds. No, you no, can't. Yeah. No, that's that's coming. That's yeah. <laughs> right. But, but And now you're a dog trainer. Has anyone else done that in the uh, industry? There is. You've obviously got Nathan Evans up here who, who is still riding as well as training. So there is another there is another one. And obviously, you know, they're completely different codes, but a lot of similarities between them, you know, the hard work and, and the animals. So you've got to, got to enjoy working with the animal to, to do either one. So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a, Big step, but um, obviously I was I was a jockey, but um, got a bit heavy. So road track work for many years, and um, just kind of just took over. It just started snowballing. Where'd the interest come from, Gemma, with the greyhounds? Um, my my grandfather trained back in say the seventies and eighties. He'd probably well and truly got out of the dogs. Um, you know, from a oh, I suppose I was very young when I when I remembered him, but. As I got older, they were they were definitely gone, and that's where I sort of drifted to the horses. I was horse mad as a kid, always on them. You couldn't get me off. So um, the thoroughbreds was obviously the the likely avenue for me, and that's where I sort of pursued my racing endeavours. So for a big event like the Flame, which is huge, and as we said, it's going to be on December one uh, at Albion Park uh, for for a, a dog like Hara's Herbie, who was qualified. How, how much training? Educate me and the listeners. How much training per day will will Hara Herbie put in each day for a, for a big event like this? 
Oh, look, my my camp's more like a holiday camp, I think. We we like to be fresh here. We we do consistent work. It's uh, mainly just a lot of walking. We're on a big property here, so we do a lot of hand walking. And um, uh, otherwise, yeah, very quiet at mine. I just try to keep them nice and fresh for race day and have them on fresh legs. But obviously, coming, you know, working into the races, they're going for, a, you know, a trial once a week and... And things like that but once we're race fit um we sort of take the pedal off the accelerator a bit and just um just go week to week with racing do you uh do you host other dogs than uh, greyhounds because sats is struggling to find someone to look after his dog over christmas it is it is a big big sookie this dog what's his frank staffy Big, could you look after Frank for a couple of weeks over Christmas? I'm, I'm not sure he'd fit in here. He might be. I've got one band dog who thinks she's a greyhound, so she fits in quite well. But um, she does as much running as the greyhound, so she she loves being out here. But uh, we don't host other dogs, unfortunately. Sorry. I tried, Sats. I tried. Now you know what I've always loved, Gemma, especially about the um, about the thoroughbreds, is that uh, the stable names. And I watched over the last two weeks. I've watched, well, I've watched Secretariat, which is a, a great movie. Sea Biscuit, and the stable names of, of those horses. Now, with with the dogs, for example, Hara's Herbie. Has Hara Herbie got a got a kennel name? Look, we keep it simple here. There's uh, we've got a lot of dogs, and um, obviously Pony Glover, who's a very good friend, and also he owns um, a lot of these dogs. So the kids usually name these dogs very early on. So. They, their kennel names usually end up to be their race names because we just throw the Haras in front of it. So, Herbie, it is in the kennels. Oh, how nice. How nice is that? Hey, um, the Flame, how about this for prize money? $60,000 this year, $40,000 to the winner, and then the winner gets a chance to go to Melbourne for the $1.65 million, the Phoenix. Hasn't... Hasn't prize money in greyhounds over the last couple of years been just hasn't it's it? just boomed, hasn't yeah. it? Oh, it's astronomical the prize money that's on offer now. Like, um, well, Herbie, he's just turned two a couple of months ago, and he's you know he's earned one hundred and fifty thousand in his in his very short career, and and you know the, there's also multiple young dogs in my kennels that have have been lucky enough to knock off some feature races and place in features and. And it just goes such a long way, especially when you're new, new into the industry. Mm. Um, it, it definitely helps kickstart. It's still it's still a problem on getting properties and that, you know, to be able to accommodate a lot of dogs, um, which is problems we're probably going to run into. Um, I'm quite secure where I'm at the moment. But, look, all going forwards, it's, um, the prize money is definitely a, a massive help um, in, in those areas anyway. Well, Herbie trialled at 29.83 seconds at Albion Park. And uh, so how's Herbie looking if we're going to have a, a bit of a bet in the flame on, yeah, on Herbie? How's, uh, how's Herbie looking, Gemma? He, um, he's come through really well since the Ipswich Cup. He's had, uh, he had a short hit out up to Palabar just to change it up for him. And um, he had a trial last Thursday. And he's come through the, you know, both those trials fantastic. So... Um, look, he's he's definitely feeling well. The four is a bit of a worry. I, I don't know anybody who'd want to box four in a final. But um, look, if if he can just show his smarts a bit and fall to the rail, he'll um, he's a definite rails runner. So we just need that little bit of luck early, and um, if he can, he'll be there somewhere. 
Oh, good luck. We'll be there shout out, cheering you on on Thursday night. Don't miss the Queensland Flame December 1 to see who will represent Queensland at this year's The Phoenix. Hey, Gemma, great tra- chatting to you and thanks for your time on Sports Day. Thanks for having me, guys. Kia didn't just make an eight-seat family car, they made a grand utility vehicle. Kia Carnival GUV. This is Sports Day with Badge and Sats. New Farm, Australian through and through, bring you the weather. If you're listening on in Roma, 4ZR. What a great radio station. I could do some voiceovers for them. This is 4ZR, classic hits and great oldies. So one of our work colleagues who works in sales, yes. Johnny Brooker. Who? Johnny Brooker. Oh, he's moved out there. Yeah, so they own the McDonald's in Roma. Ah, do they? Yeah, it's a home of Arthur Beetson. Yeah, of course. Brent Tate, he was born in Roma. He's got a laneway. Mm. Hasn't he got a lane? Lockie, Darren Lockie's got like a whole... He's got a highway. He's a whole stretch of highway. Yeah, and Tate's got like a lane, like and a dead end. it's bandy and gravelly, like his voice and his legs. And it's a dead end. Yeah. <laughs> For your Tuesday, uh, actually it'll be Wednesday tomorrow, cloudy with a chance of showers. Top of 24, overnight low of 17. Uh, New Farms products are formulated with the highest quality right here in Australia. New Farm, Australian through and through. It's time for the last blast on Sports Day with Badge and Sats. Uh, Yes, building a more resilient Queensland. That is the Suncorp Spirit Night, one of the draft. uh, uh, Went mostly as predicted with Brisbane, Geelong and Sydney clear winners. Our number one draft pick was Aaron Cadman, went to GWS. Lions got both Will Ashcroft. And also father-son rule. Yep, and Jasper Fletcher for both father-son picks. Jai Clark went to the Cats at pick eight, which is a good steal for the Cats. Sydney quite happy with their current stock of young uh, young guns, traded picks for their future, and also secured small forward Jacob Constant- Constanti. So um, pretty straightforward. I, I can't work it all out. There's another – there'll be another um, draft in the new year, won't there? Yeah, so there's yeah, round for two the older tonight. Players. Yeah, so round two tonight, and then there's free agent picks and young ones tomorrow, and then there's another one. Yeah, in January or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Uh, the heat of signed Englishman Sam Hayne for the upcoming Big Bash season. Now, Hayne joins the BBL as an international replacement player for the Heat, so set to take a place in the team shortly after Christmas. He joins fellow Englishman Sam Billings. Now, Sam Billings is. An amazing signing. Mm-hmm. And I'm taking him from the Adelaide 36ers, stolen him from there. He he won't play a lot. He'll be here for a while because he doesn't play he doesn't play test matches. He only plays Brett Hayne? No, Billings. Billings, yeah. He only plays the ODIs and also the T twenty. So I think he's gonna be around for a little while to come. So good pickup from the Heat. I reckon he's one of the best white ball batters in the world. Uh, Ross Whiteley is there as well as Kiwi star Colin Sam Hayne, he was a – he went to school on the Gold Coast, I think. He South went to TSS, Port. didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, did he? Mm. Yeah, le- left but, left Australia when he was 17. Yeah, he's born in Hong Kong, raised in Australia. Yeah, so he's he's born, been all around the traps. Actually, I just noticed on season – because I just signed up to binge. Uh, I noticed on season 10 mm. of Below Deck – The Living Dead. Oh, okay. Below yeah. Deck. Yep. There's, uh, there's a Gold Coast boy on there. Are you serious up to season 10? Yeah, well, it's the latest season. Oh. Is that that reality show? Yeah, have you watched on one to nine? Yeah. yeah, I've watched those. Oh, I've watched everyone. Wow. You're sad. What's wrong? Oh, how was your mum, my sister, or whatever that your show Your mum, my dad finale last night. Disgusting. 10 out of 10? Oh, it's great viewing. I love it. It's disgusting. 
Mm. I see the kids are the ones that decided whether they they allow the parents Hurry to up. keep dating. Yeah. Like if I'm in my fifties, I'm saying to the kids, I'm old enough to date who the hell I want. Yeah. You don't give me any advice at all. If I want to date that twenty-seven year old, I'm going to. <laughs> That's what some of the women on this. Creepy. Uh, World Cup tonight. Uh, this is where we get into the games all happening at the one time. Uh, so there's no cheating. What about, what about the, one of the games at 5 a.m.? A lot of passion in the stands for this one. Well, let's wait. Yep. Uh, 1 a.m. games, Ecuador versus Senegal and Qatar versus Netherlands. Qatar out. So Qatar are the first country, host country, not to qualify. Yes. Correct. For round 16, yeah. 5am, Iran versus USA. USA win. They're through. And Wales versus England. Wales, wow. If Wales hang on for a draw, what happens? Okay, so the rule is if England win, uh, obviously they qualify. If Wales, Wales will qualify if they beat England and Iran draw with USA. Uh, they'll also qualify if they beat England by four more goals and either USA or Iran win. Mm. Okay. USA will take care of Iran. Without a doubt, right? Yep, yeah, sure. Don't you think? Well, I mean, Iran, well, yeah. Iran have they been should, in good form. Actually, they, they had a fractured form. relationship yeah. in the late 70s, early 80s, Iran and USA. They, they had a relationship. No, they had a fractured relationship. Right, okay. So there's a lot of feeling in that game yeah, as well. well so, you yeah. reckon from, from decades ago? Okay. Late 70s, early 80s? Yep. What was that movie called, Jack? But they had to smuggle the... Uh, All right. Uh, um, Argo. Argo, mm. yeah. Make sure you've got the right insurance this storm season. Check Suncorp Home Insurance for a quote today. This has been Sport Day, uh, Sports Day for Kia. Uh, back tomorrow night with Badge. See you, boys. See ya. Good